Hey guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Stephen. Welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. This is Sharon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm James. Welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Michael. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. This is Heather. Welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Alan. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Daniel. Welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Fabian. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. I'm Jacob. And I'm Sam. And I'm Blaine. And it's awesome to have all these voices on for the call. That brought me a lot of joy because this is the Ansons February Experiment Recap episode. Blaine, how'd it go for you? I did great. Perfect. Okay. How did it go for you? you no, I... A real good strength admitting failure, huh? Yeah. So I was going to get on my bike every day. Yeah. And I went skiing. I did my annual ski day at a resort. In January. In January. Yeah. And... You were going to get on your bike every day, so you went skiing in the past. Like, so like, it makes a lot of sense. Right before. And so I hit my knee uh, on a rock and... My puncture wound got infected, and I couldn't move my leg for a while. And then after that, I couldn't like. Why did I, it get, why did it get infected, Blaine? Uh, did I, you know you had a puncture wound? I, who, who knows why these things happen? <laughs> Maybe. And it's because you didn't look under your snow pants <laughs> until you got to the car at the end of the day. I think it's because I went into like a mouth temperature hot tub with a puncture wound on my knee afterwards. Gross. But more on that another time. This is uh, all bad. This is all gross. This is, <laughs> I want to know less. Say less. Did you ever think that like public hot tubs were a gross concept? Well, let me confirm that for you right now. Never go in one again. You know, there used to be a place in town where you could go like rent one for an hour and they were all oh, heart-shaped. No, that wasn't here. That's gross. No, I that was that. here. That was here. The whole place eventually burned down, which I think was an act which, of God. God. It, it burned down. I remember this lance of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a crazy day. <laughs> anyway, so I started February kind of not doing it, and then it was cold, and I did get on my bike sometimes. Uh, but I basically, I forgot until we talked to some of our friends that joy was supposed to be the motivator. <laughs> it wasn't perfection. It, and it was like, oh, wait, I kind of think that joy is the first thing to go. It, it's like, I don't have time for joy right now. And how dare you, Blaine or God, who or, or whoever it is that's to blame right now mm. for asking me to enjoy my life when I have so much shit to do. Oh, yeah. So. There's just a great window into Blaine's inner world. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's <laughs> very honest. It's a varied ecosystem. Yeah, no, it is. It, it has is. dark places and light places. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I realized that for you, you had an experience that probably many of the folks that joined us had where though it was communal, it was also isolated. There were some folks who wrote in, I'm assuming that not everybody that did the challenge actually wrote into the challenge, which is which is totally fine. Um, but over like 150 people from all over the world did write in. And for me, it was an incredible experience to get to walk through those emails and take my time and respond to each one personally. It made me like the most connected person in the entire thing. And I think that people 
knew somewhere in their mind that they were doing this with a larger Ansons community for the month. But like you, they weren't necessarily interacting with anyone else other than me. And one of the folks that wrote in actually recommended like, hey, it would be awesome to do like, I don't know, a, a group call like <laughs> halfway through the month so we can know we're not alone. My challenge was running a mile outside every day. And I actually really helped knowing that there were guys running in Canada and in Wisconsin and in much colder places. Like it was a cold month in North America last February, but Colorado wasn't the coldest place to be. So when it was, I don't know, minus eight one day and I had to go for a run at nine o'clock at night because it turns out it's really, 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 really hard to find 10 minutes when you've got two little kids and like, where does that time go? Like it's, it's a, it's a dime. Surely you have some change to spare. Mm-mm. Like, where is it? Where are those minutes hiding? And so I would go out a couple of times at, I don't know, it was 9.30, 10 o'clock. Like I, I knew I wanted to do it because I knew other people were doing it in more difficult conditions than me. And that often got me out the door into a quiet, isolated place, much like I think Michael will describe here in a minute. Stars, beauty... And joy entered in it for me in that way. I was able to complete the challenge just running every day, but found that the days where I didn't have to be a dad all day long were actually easier. Like I could go and sneak in a run during the lunch hour way easier than I could be like, okay, honey, so I know that like I'm not here most of the week. And now that I am here, you want all of me, but you can have all of me except for 10 minutes. That seems fine. Like, why would, But it was really hard. I don't know why. So before we begin transitioning to some of these phone calls and conversations, I, I want to give you guys like a picture of what it was like for the larger community to do this. We had folks write in who were doing musical challenges, taking up the piano, the guitar that they hadn't touched in a long time. We had folks joining in physical activities. One gentleman wrote in who is a retired Marine and he just bumped into Ansons for that episode. Like that was the first one and dove headfirst and his follow-up email said that he feels like a Marine again because he was able to get his whole family on board. Like, that's awesome. I hear of one email like that and it's worth it. Like we could have had any one person who emailed on this phone call. And so if you weren't chosen for that, please, it wasn't about you. It was about us. I'm actually, I think by the time this one airs, um, well, I've had my third child added to the family, which is exciting. Doubt it. I know it doesn't feel like it's ever going to happen at this point. I'm stuck in Groundhog Day. I got to smash the alarm clock somehow. I don't know how he gets out. Does he make everybody love him? Is he like altruistic? He becomes a good person. I'm, so. Well, I'm doomed. <laughs> <laughs> we had fathers and sons going for walks. We had people taking a photo every day that they let the camera lie on the side. And as I touched on in a earlier podcast that we did on suffering, I was floored by the amount of stories that intense grief and loss and pain is something that is not only present, but recent. It's something that colors most stories. And that was really humbling and encouraging for me as well, knowing that that's part of our stories, just to go like, we are not alone in chasing after joy through recent intense loss and pain. And so for you guys who joined us, And you guys who didn't get to and were thinking about it, it's worth it. 
And it was a joy to get to do it as a group. Steven, thank you very much. I'd love it if you could paint us a picture of what February was like for you, what you chose to do, and then Mm -hmm. what was either really difficult or really life-giving about that month. Firstly, thank you for the invite to do the February experiment because it's it's almost it was, I was I needed that <laughs> I needed a needed a call to do something. So for the last two years, I've been having various injections in my knees, and um, even had radioactive material put into my knees to try and destroy the synovium, which produces the swelling. And got to the point where I was just not doing much, and plus lockdown on top of that uh, in the UK, we've been locked up for a fair old time. And it just means I've been underactive and having the call from you guys to go out and do something. I mean, running a mile every day, I couldn't do that, but I can walk. And I love walking, particularly I love being outside at night. I love the stars. I love the relative quiet that you get at night and all the senses being heightened. So with your call, when you said to find something, think of something that would bring you life and something you feel inside you've always wanted to do and you feel if only I did that. I'd be all right. I'd be okay. That would really help. And and then I just thought, night going for a night walk. Once once my two little girls are in bed, my wife tends to fall asleep alongside them, and I can then head out for a walk and then be be on my own outside with God. And yeah, so February was great. It wasn't constantly great, but actually getting out, <laughs> it, it, it was very pleasant. The first couple of nights, I sort of lured me into false sense of security. Absolutely stunning, crystal clear skies here. And it was beautiful. And I could see all the stars. It was just my absolute dream. And then that swiftly was followed being in the UK. We had mist and we had rain, we had torrential downpours. And then bizarrely, we had like snow. And so I was trekking through snow. One night I was out tracking deer tracks <laughs> through the woods. And it was it's just adventure and it's that that bit of adventure that I'd lacked partly because of lockdown but partly because I felt a bit of a prisoner because my joints not letting me to do that sort of thing but having that little casual adventure being able to pop out and do that do that every night it was really lovely and really life-giving from a spiritual side of things it was just really nice to be able to have that time set aside so I could actually chat with God or at least there'd be a space for me to openly chat with him and Again, being outside in the middle of nowhere in the fields in the village outside me, I was able to talk out loud without people looking at me, um, only, only a rabbit or two. But um, God talks to me quite a lot through that and exposed quite a few things. Heather, I'd love to hear what you chose to do for your February experiment and how that went for you. Yeah, I decided to go for uh, journaling every day. I have a a collection of journals from over the years that have been used very sporadically. I uh, looked back in the last one I'd been writing in and it had been like three months since I'd written anything. So um, yeah, trying to to do that every day for a month seemed like it could be a good thing to try. It could be worthwhile. I found a a nice little journal and some good pens and managed to make it through through the month and and do it every day. I set myself the rule going in that it didn't have to be anything in particular. Mm -hmm. I think I've gotten stuck before, say, trying to to have too narrow an idea of what what it needed to be about and, uh, and then wouldn't get very far. So there were definitely lots of days that didn't involve writing very much and not anything that was terribly significant. 
but some days that were better and some days that started out with not much that moved into something better, which was kind of what I hoped would happen with needing to do it every day. And I think I found that just having to write things down out of what I've been doing helped me be a little bit more, I don't know, more thoughtful and more engaged maybe as as I was doing things or as I was reading or whatever. So that was, yeah, that was really helpful. I'm curious, like the bar of something didn't need to be um, journal worthy. I know like I've hit that yeah. as well personally of like, why is something like making it in the story for all time versus other things aren't? And I'm just getting down on myself and now not all of a sudden I've stopped journaling and it's been 10 years. Um, did you find that there were other rhythms that you established for yourself that were helpful? Like was there a particular time of day or a particular place that you would find like, okay, now I'm able to really fight for this rhythm? Yeah, it usually pretty well always ended up being right at the end of the day, um, usually at the, at the kitchen table. Um, I think just because it felt like a, an easy time to set aside and, and also because it was helpful for being able to look back on, on the day uh, to do it at the end. I think partway through February, we started uh, started Lent. And so I had a little book of like readings for for Lent that I was doing in the evenings as well. And so kind of combining those things um, was also helpful to do the reading and kind of journaling at the same time. It was a, a good like combined rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if anything really caught you off guard doing this. Was, was there something that was particularly surprising to you and bringing back in a rhythm of journaling? I think there were there was particular days where as I started to journal about something, it would bring up something else and then something else and I would end up in a place I didn't really expect to be. Hmm. And thinking about things I hadn't really kind of gone into it expecting to think about or reflect on. So I think maybe just the way that it kind of sometimes developed of its own accord a little bit without my really intending it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious if this is a, a rhythm that you have continued. We're now chatting almost halfway into March here. Did the the journaling stop on March 1st? It was a really close call, but, <laughs> uh, but it's kept going so far. That's good. I, the running stopped for me March 1st. So if you had, it wouldn't be. Yeah. Wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, every evening I'm like, well, it's not February anymore. I was like, oh, but, but I, could, I could do one more day. Michael, thanks for jumping in with us. Would love to hear how the February experiment went for you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I think going into it, I thought this will be really doable. What I what I chose to do was was run a mile each day uh, outdoors, um, because it was the least creative one I could think of. Hey, based on your guys' last interview, <laughs> I'm offended. That was my thing. <laughs> um, but but I found that. As, as I thought it was going to be easy, when February 1st hit, it felt like everything hit the fan and uh, every day was hard. Mm. Starting from day one, it, it felt like it was really opposed to, to get out for 10 minutes 
each day just to be out on a run. Um, it felt like everything in my home life felt like it, it got a little chaotic sleep for at least the first half of the month was really chaotic. Um, but as I fought each day to get out, um, it actually became really life-giving and something as the month went on, I wanted to fight for more and more each day because I was seeing the fruit of actually just being in a space by myself. Uh, one of the things I chose to do was not listen to any music or have anything uh, that I was listening to while I was running to where I was just aware of what was around me. Um, as well as aware of what was going on internally. And as I would be running, I could just feel a lot of the pressures of, of the day and of life kind of uh, falling off. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I felt like it was, it was worth the fight each day to do it, um, even though some of those days were late in the evening um, and some of those days felt like I was peeling my son off of my leg um, just to get out the door to get on a run. I so identify. There was not one easy day. <laughs> I want to know the highlight moment. Was there a best run in February? There were a couple that stood out. Um, one of the days... I actually felt like I didn't have to fight for the run. Um, when I came home, both my wife and son were gone, which I, I felt a little bit giddy whenever I realized that because I just had this space to get ready and go out and run without having to navigate anything else to get out the door. Um, and I realized on, on that day, I, it was actually in one of the warm days here and I, I ran way longer and I actually ended up walking a lot as well after my run. Um, and it just felt like it was one of those moments of an exhale of like, okay, this is worth it. It was, it was a moment of um, maybe seeing myself as well as the invitation that Jesus was putting out throughout this month of this isn't about the run. This isn't about getting in shape. Um, this is really about connecting both with myself and with God. And I say connecting with myself in a way that I, I feel really spread thin in the season that I'm in. Um, so it was a place where it felt like I could uh, put some of the pieces back together and orient those um, to to the reality of the world, not, not what feels like reality. Um, and the other run that stuck out was actually one of those days that we had here in Colorado that I think the wind chill was 11 below when I decided to go out. I remember that day. <laughs> and it, it felt really invigorating to be the only person out on the trail on that day, fully bundled up. Um, but there was something in my senses that felt really heightened that day and being out, I felt like nature was even 
even felt different the way the birds were moving the ducks on the river that I ran by. Um, and honestly, the lack of people created a whole different environment for that run. I didn't realize it was negative eight until I got to the park to take my daughter sledding. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, white man, there is not one sled track on this hill. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> and at first I didn't notice how cold it was, but un- until I noticed that quality you're describing where everything felt a little more crystal- crystalline. It felt like I was moving in slow motion. It just felt so unique that, and obviously in about 10 minutes, it was time to go home. But I was such gold. We really have to fight against our natures right now because what I would like to do is have an hour-long conversation about exactly running in February. So this feels this feels really mercenary. It's abrupt. It's but your February You've been sounds cut awesome. Off. I also have to peel my children off. I when I go to work in the morning have my daughter slamming her hands on the window glass going, no, 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 <laughs> no. And so and she likes to bike too. So I'd be like, I'm a where are you? and she'd get she'd notice I was putting on my bike shoes and be like, Where are you going, Dad? I'm like <laughs> uh, Dad's gonna go on a little bike ride, hun. Can I come? Not on this one. And just watch her face just like crestfall into I am abandoned and unloved mode. <laughs> well, honey, that's why they're therapists. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the February experience, creating absent fathers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a few thoughts on Michael. What is what is with that thing? Where if you go home, you can't leave again after, like, in the family stage. Or... No, I don't know. If you do, you basically... This thing happens to me, right? Think, oh, I've got a little window. I can run home before I have to be at that whatever. My family will be so grateful. That will be so helpful. Uh, add some other misassumptions and mm-hmm. a little bit more hubris in there. But be and like, it's kind of hard to, but go keep going. What I want to do is go past Blaine. This is a, this is a message from the future. They're fine. You will throw off the rhythm that they have. They'll be excited to see you. You'll get the kids riled up. They'll be really sad for you to leave again. Don't don't drop by your house between things because when you walk in the door, you are making the full switch into dad mode, and it can. <laughs> It, it will help you to acknowledge that. You can't get around it, but you can plan and just go, oh, poor Michael trying to go home from work. Buddy, I feel for you. And then go on runs afterwards. It's so hard. <laughs> it is. Alan, thanks for jumping on this call with us. Um, and thanks for joining us for the February Experiment this last month. I'd love to hear a little bit of the story of what that was like for you. Uh, I had... Uh, specific plans for it, and then it went nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not alone. I started off uh, saying to myself I was going to play guitar every day for the month, and um, it went great for about five days. I even journaled about it, and then I got COVID (laughs) 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 the second week, basically. Made me very tired. I slept 16 hours a day or so. Uh, still kept it up a little bit, but something really unexpected happened. I I got a email from a friend of mine from junior high 
Uh, it was a video of my very first concert ever, the ninth grade lock-in of 1992. Awesome. When I first played drums and uh, watched that, and ever since then I got inspired to uh, play drum kit. I've got one at the house. It's it's uh, my, my younger brother is actually the drummer in the band, but I haven't played in years since a, a wrist injury, and I just started wailing. And having a whole lot of fun and jacked it up real loud and i just kept playing drums it wasn't great but it was so much fun and what i realized during all this was that god was telling me that i needed to have fun not have a regimented practice schedule yes so the goal is play every day then you get covid then you get a mystery email reminding you that you used to play drums Yes. That went great for the middle half of the challenge. And then Snowmageddon happened here in Texas, which I'm sure you heard about. Oh, yeah. We oh, heard no. about it. The whole power grid went out and we went without power for four days. Pulled a mattress by the fire. And, and that's romantic with the wife for a few hours. And then it turns into <laughs> full-on survival mode. So... The message up to that point from the father is, have fun. This isn't about a regimen. Yes, and I had missed a few days, and so I, you know, I felt bad, ashamed, you know. I wanted, I had all these plans, but none of that mattered, and his message was why I did this in the first place, besides wanting to talk to girls in junior high, mm. uh, which never happened, by the way. <laughs> That was a dream, uh, you know, is either be a pitcher in the major leagues or be a rock star. And, and you know, somewhere along the way, we, we lose our dreams. We, we try to find them again. You know, I just put mine on the shelf for a long time to get my life back together and my own testimony. But I think he was just showing me the joy in that. And that's always there. And I just need to put myself in that place of why I did this in the first place. Okay, so another interjection here between these calls. The percentage of people that quote-unquote succeeded in this challenge, do you want to take a guess? Uh, now, I did, well, people, not everybody completed the survey, but a good, a good amount of people who emailed me did complete the survey. And by, what, how are we defining success? Doing the thing literally every day. Mm, I don't agree with that being success. I, I agree with that, but... But how many people do I how think many did people the thing every day? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you and Alex. Mm, more than that, 40%. 40? That's pretty good. I was, wow. I know, 40%. I guess it's true. I am a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. roll the outro, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was really intrigued by, um, like thematically, folks who chose to go do something outside, a walk, a run, um, tended to succeed. People who... I think set a really high bar performance-wise, tended to not succeed. Um, mostly like the wake up early in the morning, journal for 30 minutes, read the Bible for 30 minutes. Oh, like yeah. it doesn't sound hard, but some people actually had give like, themselves like eight different things they were going to do, these overachievers. Um, something the exercise teaches you is that time is long. And it's like, you're going to do what? Yeah. Uh, a second is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a second yeah, yeah, is yeah. so long. When you have a newborn, you realize just how long one minute can be. Slow motion. It's just one minute of screaming is like a year of screaming. Um, and I, I like the point there. You're right. Like success in this wasn't 
checking the box and doing it every day. Success was saying yes to entering into a disruption for this month. It was giving permission for the father to change up your normal routine and have him address something, reveal something, speak to something. And I think if we keep living on autopilot, we don't really give that permission. And so while some people, around 40%, successfully did the thing every day, I kept saying in my emails to people is, you actually all succeeded in this. The point wasn't shame and perfection. The point was growth, joy, and permission for the father to disrupt and to speak. Yeah, and something I think is so interesting looking at Alan and Jacob is that, wow, when I'm told, pick a thing to do that you will enjoy. Joy is the motivator. I will probably pick the wrong thing. But as (laughs) soon as my heart has a little space, I may actually remember what it is that I enjoyed. I just love those stories where it was, I was going to do early mornings and that was going to be great. And then I realized... I don't want to be productive in the morning. 5 a.m., I'm going to, like, eat a bunch of vegetables. I want to make a hot breakfast. And I'm like, that is so awesome. And I'm going to play guitar. And then it is a way into remembering, did you even remember that you used to like to play the drums? And I go, I just want to say to our friends and to myself to go, you're, most of the time, consider this statement. Your heart is in such bad shape that you don't know what you like and and can't and wouldn't you are not a reliable source of information on yourself it's just true for me and it's incredible to go one thing that the february experiment did was open up a slight window that gave many of us space to realize oh wait we don't like this thing we like that thing or oh man my motive here is actually blank and went that is a really productive disruption. Jacob, this is Sam giving you a call. Uh, Thanks for saying yes last minute to jumping on this episode. I'd love to hear just a snippet of what February was like for you. The February experiment for me, um, so the the daily practice that I wanted to do was uh, wake up every day at 5 a.m. Oh, dude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that was actually something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, oh. no, I like the version of me that does that. Yeah. Sort of Jocko light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like in, in your podcast, Blaine, you, you basically simplified and said, you know, do something that you've always wanted to do. That'll bring you joy. Something along those lines. And waking up, like being a morning person is something I've always wanted to be, but I am just not at all. And I don't know, there's just something just, you know, so idyllic about being the type of person that gets up before the sunrise and, you know, you just have hours ahead of your day that you just do nothing or, you know, or you read the paper. And for some reason, that just has always been something I've wanted to do. And the February experiment, I thought, was a perfect uh, on-ramp for me to try that out and really commit to it for a month. So how so did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would get up at five, I'd get dressed, and I'm like, all right, I'm up. Um, you know, my day is started. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna deep clean the kitchen. I'm gonna like organize, 
my bookshelf. I don't know things that I just have never thought to do. And I'm going to do all these things and it's just going to be great. And so like I was doing that and then I was like, you know, like this kind of like, this isn't really fun. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I was like, uh, you know, so like, this is it. Huh? And then eventually I was like, man, like I've given myself like a solid two hours before I really need to do anything in my day you know, what would life look like if, you know, this was my whole day? What would I choose to do for my soul since I do have these two hours? So I stopped doing things that were productive, essentially. And it was so, so great, honestly. Mm. I would love to hear what you pivoted to doing because what I try to do in the morning is often stuff that I don't like to do ever, so identify what you're saying. What did you pivot and start doing? So before February, I would wake up like right before I had to like leave, essentially. I just wake up, throw on clothes, go to work half asleep. And like I would just drink the terrible, just the crappy coffee that my work offers for free. So I pivoted to getting the French press out and the scale and you know, just really enjoying having coffee and making coffee, just making that so enjoyable. Then I would also like make myself a hot breakfast instead of eating a kind bar on my way to work. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I did, even though it was cold, I would just step outside real quick and just enjoy outside and just do nothing besides listen to the birds wake up, things like that. Just to be absolutely unproductive while being awake. It was so great. But that part of it was such a surprise for me because I Mm. thought it would be the opposite. What part of my day is not designed to get some more things done? Oh man, that may be the only block. That might be the only window where you can do nothing, which may be what your soul needs is actually brilliant. Yeah, like just now, like, you know, I show up to work and it's just so nice because, you know, as soon as I walk into the door, it's it's back to, you know, okay, what are you producing? How much work are you getting done? Why haven't you done this yet? And to give myself all that time to really establish, you know, and really remind myself of who I am, what a gift, honestly, because I was expecting to wake up at five and just be the most productive I could be all day long. But it was the opposite, and it was exactly what my soul needed. Daniel, thanks for diving in and doing the February experiment with us. How did that go for you? Yeah, I think the first time that I I listened to the podcast about the experiment, I was with my fiance Susie, and she uh, said, you're going to add another thing in this season, it already feels like a pretty full season. Um, but I just felt like wanting to be a part of it because when I heard the motivation being joy, that I was like, I want more. I want more of that in this season. And then um, the Midwest, uh, it was like two degrees whenever I got that call, whenever I listened to that podcast. And so, um, man, I was just like, any way to find more joy and just find rhythms that would be good for my soul. Um, in a season that already feels pretty full. So I feel like just even getting to be a part of it was a, like that, that was a joy. So I'm grateful for that. 
so it was super easy, low and slow <laughs> over the plate. You chose to uh, pick up the guitar? Yeah, 20 minutes of guitar a day. So I felt like that for me, getting to create or doing something in that kind of category, usually at the end of the days, I tried to do it. Um, I'm in a counseling program and at an internship site. So that, just the thought of getting to like output um, after taking in a lot throughout the day was was the vision for it. And I ended up missing missing a few days, which I feel like that in itself was worth it more than the actual experiment of if I would have done it all the way through. Can you say more? How so? Yeah. Oh, man. Even in whenever I found myself typing up the response email to you guys, I felt like I went back and reread it. And this this theme that I feel like Jesus has been teaching me is just the difference between presenting and reporting. And when I'm operating like from a place of striving or shame or any of these things that come from the false self. And so whenever I reread the email that I sent to you guys, like even how I framed how the month went for me, I was like, I said all true things, but I caught myself thinking like, I feel like I'm saying this in a way to almost like be liked or like to like perform or to be seen a certain way. And uh, the father's just been, I think that's just been an area man where he's really been going after me. Like, son, you're not loved for what you do. You're loved for who you are. And oh, like just the something as simple as an email back and forth, I feel like opened up more, more space for him and I to process things about other categories in my life too. Where am I like trying to prove myself or where am I trying to like, where am I maybe operating from the false self instead of the true self? So that felt more worth it than like the experiment in general, just like even my response to like feeding it back to you guys. Oh, that is so good. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you're wrestling through what is the true self that you're presenting and what's the dressed up version that you would rather people see first. You're yeah. in a counseling program. <laughs> Your wife is named Susie. Beyonce, Did you want to so just come Beyonce. on out here and take over for me? Would that, would that work for you? I gotta, I'm moving to Mexico, man. You, you just you come on out. <laughs> that's what well, that's what's wild to like, just even little little things like that but man i felt like uh i remember back in february i got to go to the my first boot camp um i went out and it was in uh yeah out in colorado with y'all and i remember his frontier ranch man yeah frontier ranch i remember blaine and i got to have a meal together which i was just super grateful for but i remember it was uh like halfway through the weekend and I felt like Jesus challenged me, like, you should ask Blaine if you could, you guys can grab a, like, grab a meal together, like, sit down with him. And that in itself felt, like, kind of intimidating, um, if I'm being honest. And so I was like, I, whenever Blaine was like, sure, man, let's do it. And I, I got down, I sat across from him, and he was like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I was like, I didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> I, I don't know, what's your favorite and, color? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I felt like, man, it's been so cool to see over the last like couple of years of following along with you guys of even seeing the theme in my life of interacting with men a few stages along further along than me um, who are like modeling a life that like I know God is calling me to similar things whether they're 60 or whether they're in their 30s like I feel like the the quality or the kind of man is becoming 
less and less. But when I interact with that person, like the stakes feel higher and higher, if that makes sense. And so mm. I just remember like thinking of sitting across from Blaine and he asked like, what does frontier feel like for you? And that time, I think I shared things like I don't know, engagement, counseling, grad school, um, a lot of the things that are like surface level. But I really feel like what feels more like frontier these days is just relating. What's the kind of man that I'm like, who am I bringing into that conversation? And am I bringing him in a way that I feel like I have something to prove? Or am I bringing him into that place, like simply from the place if he's already loved and welcomed in that conversation and he doesn't have anything to prove by like what he does. So <laughs> I feel like not doing, or, like not completing the experiment, like brought more joy than actually strumming the guitar because it's opened up more more conversations of where deeper joy comes from of being just like secure in the father being comfortable failing and not like not having to come through in those ways it just felt there felt the freedom of missing a few days and i'm still really gonna enjoy wearing the hat so thanks Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> So Sharon, what did you choose to do for your February experiment and how did that go? So I chose to play two songs, either on guitar or piano. It ended up being guitar mostly, but yeah, just two songs a day. That was what I decided to pick. Okay. And that seems fairly doable, but songs are longer than the (laughs) word sounds and... How did that go? Did, were you successful? Did you able to do it every day? Yeah, I did actually. Um, it does. It did almost seem like when I picked it, I thought two songs, that's way too easy. I'm going to be able to do that. No problem. I thought about setting a certain amount of time. Like I've got to play for half hour, an hour, you know, et cetera. But I think one of the things that I learned most is, you know, how just something small each day is way better than, you know, playing for hours at a time in like, you know, once a month. Mm. Um, so I think that's often where I struggle is, you know, if I don't think that I have the proper time, which to me would be like two hours worth of playing or, you know, uh, an amazing long workout or, you know, anything really like if I don't have this like ginormous, um, amount of time and space to do it, then I tend to not do it at all, Mm. which, you know, is no good. That, that gets me nowhere in the long run. Um, so I'm actually, actually really grateful that, yeah, I, I picked just playing two and learned that that's way better than, you know, trying to bite off more than I can actually handle. Um, <laughs> and then thus, thus not doing anything. Yes. Well, you, know. um, you say that it was small and relatively mm-hmm. easy, but, um, out of the people who have done the challenge and written in, um, the vast majority of folks mm-hmm. weren't able to do it every single day. And there's it's mm-hmm. just a truth to like breaking up your routine and all of the oh I shoulds mm-hmm. is going to be inconvenient, regardless of how long you're going to give to the thing. Yeah. So, well done. I'm curious, knowing that you were doing this um, not alone, though you may be doing that specific practice in your space alone. Um, was that a category for you this uh, this last month? Um, 
in February, you're like, okay, today I don't really feel like doing it, but, um, or, or did that, that not actually end up playing in very much? Uh, no, it was very helpful knowing that I have to like report to people essentially, (laughs) or like I'm doing this with other people. It was a huge motivator. I'm not great when left to my own devices. And like, Mm. when I just come up with a plan, I'm like, Oh, I should do this for a month or a week or yeah, it just never goes great. So having, yeah, knowing that I have people to report to um, was definitely helpful. The one night the, um, I was laying in bed about to fall asleep and suddenly like my eyes flew open wide awake. Oh my goodness, I didn't play. And I would have just rolled over and went back to bed and I was like, ah, would have, it would have been fine. But I was like, no, 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 no. I have to, have to, I have to do this. So I got my roommate sleeping and I can't wake her up. We have a tiny house. She would hear everything. So I literally just sat on the floor with the guitar and like went through the motions of it and like, you know, held in the chords and just didn't strum, but uh, did it for two songs and then went back to bed and fell asleep just so I, um, I, <laughs> I wouldn't think, miss I think one. <laughs> you, Sharon, you win. That <laughs> You win. That's amazing. That you are sitting there in silence going, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it silently. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to like not cheat and do yeah. less of a song. That's wow. Yeah. But yeah, there's no way that would have happened had I not had, um, you know, been part of this, the Anson's experiment. Fabian, thanks for saying yes to jumping on here. Would love for you to paint a brief picture for me of, of what, the February challenge experiment looked like for you and what was maybe hard or unexpectedly encouraging over the course of that month? Yeah, so, I mean, listening to the episode where you guys kind of challenged us, I do a lot of exercise. So I was like, I want to do something that's a bit more, just caring for like my like my mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing some kind of like meditative practice that's just working through processing my days and my weeks. Because uh, I felt like I was just like, you know, so easily like just flying through days and weeks at a time, just going with the emotions and trying to remember like, what did I even do last week or the week before um, or yesterday? And so kind of that act of like wanting to be more present to what it is that I'm doing every day or in a week or in a month. And so I want to basically, I wouldn't call it strictly journaling, but at the end of every day, I wrote down in a little notebook, the few standout things that happened during that day were meeting a friend, uh, doing work, playing sport, having an argument, uh, whatever it was, and really in like a bullet point form and just write down how I felt about it, um, did I, you know, how did I react to it? How do I feel about it now? In an effort to, yeah, essentially just end the day with it, having processed it a little bit more and not just like going to bed and just waking up and doing it all over again. Because also I felt like I wasn't sleeping great. I haven't been sleeping great for months. Um, and I was wondering whether that act of trying to like calm my mind and body a little bit more and like prepare it almost for the act of sleeping or for the act of rest would just help kind of with that exactly. So did it help the sleeping? 
It did actually, because I did skip a few days. I think it was about four days when I didn't end up doing it when I said I would, and I, I caught it up the next day because I was like, I want, I wanted to keep the practice, but there was a few days where I didn't do it. So I owe you a cap technically, <laughs> but yeah. So I did, my sleep definitely improved, and which was a weird thing to experience. And it was actually so clear that on the days where I didn't do it, that's where I noticed it most. I mean, the, the kind of journaling that I did was not like, it's not the kind of thing that I typically like want to read back or I haven't written in order to read back what it is I've written. It, it's more like in the moment, like how am I processing my day? But actually reading back kind of just to refresh before chatting to you, it was kind of incredible the amount of fruit that came from the month of February that I wouldn't have taken notice of necessarily otherwise, even though there was a few like difficult moments, difficult conversations with family members or friends. There was like such, such like subtle but standout moments that I otherwise would maybe not have so clearly remembered or, or like tried to learn from. James, thanks for uh, getting up early for us. It's not too bad, not too early at the moment. Yeah. You weren't, uh, yeah, you weren't like, too set on the 4 a.m. Um, rise and shine for us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I could have done it. I could have, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. If there I, was uh, another way. I'm not a morning ri- uh, person myself, so totally understand <laughs> that. So, James, I'd love to hear, like, what did you choose to do for February? Mm. How did the month go for you? Mm. And and what was surprising about it? All right, yeah. So I chose to do silence, the practice of silence slash solitude, something that had been floated to me from a few different sources over time. And something I think that felt like a good idea, you know, that never really translated to a practical thing. Mm. So it's one of those things that every now and then, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, great. You know, and good for my soul, spirit, all that kind of stuff that never became uh, rooted in reality, if you know what I mean. So, um, so yeah, your experiment and the challenge was just a good thing to go, well, what's the thing that I would do? Hmm. Let's have a go at that. Yeah, so entered into it with just an openness to, okay, how do we go about this? When do I find the time? How's it going to work? What did the science look like for you? Was that a set amount of time mm. each day? Was that that you're yeah. a particularly talkative person and you were like, okay, no more stories at the dinner table from me? Like, what, was, what does silence mean for your rhythm? Yeah. Well, at first I thought, and I got said, you know, I'm going to do 30 minutes a day. You know, I put it out to a bunch of friends, said, hey, I'm going to, do this thing in 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I sort of thought, hang on a minute, this may be too high an entry level, <laughs> too high a bar for me. And I like to throw a challenge out to myself. Even 10 minutes will be a win if you can get there. For me, I ended up probably sitting around the 15-minute mark. And for me, I think it was a thing of my head gets really busy, mm-hmm. as in I can get wound up in emotion and thought, daydreaming, I find I can be so distracted throughout the day 
with all the different things and all the different things I'm thinking about. And I think it's to, it was a good way to find some groundedness within myself that's not, there's no nothing outer and there's no motives coming in. Oh, it's so good. I think you accidentally chose one of the harder challenges, actually, because 60 seconds of silence yeah. ends up getting oh, really, really loud man. and really, really long. So what mm-hmm. surprised you about mm-hmm. pursuing silence in February? Mm. Well, that, yeah, how hard it was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be easier. I guess if I had an expectation, yeah, just how distracted and busy my mind is was a surprise. And yeah, and how much I come to God with motive uh, manipulation, Mm. like I, I want something here, whether it's I'm after your peace or I'm after some answers. But yeah, how difficult it was and how much I would squirm. (laughs) Totally. My closing thought is that honesty is worth it. And that sounds lame. That sounds dumb. I feel like I'm a Pinterest slogan. But I think what was so amazing is the thing... (laughs) things that guys chose to do and then the way that they chose to talk about them was amazing because they showed up with their heart and didn't go, I chose to do this, it went okay, you know, on to the next thing. But they slowed down to the point where they went, I chose this because my motive was blank. And I realized that's what my motive was. And I went this and I just went, wow, there are so many of you out there doing it, going for it. Way to go. We talked at the beginning of this episode of how much suffering there is out there. And I can feel diminishment with that, actually, to go, there are so many people out there suffering better than I am. To go, you have something to bring in your unique story. Risk showing up and risk going, uh, you know what? The stakes for me were feeling a little flatlined and like I'm kind of blowing my life right now. And but there's not time to to address it. I have to get a few things done first and go, whoa, that creates not just solidarity and connection, but a window through which you can begin to receive another way to live, like another way to live life with God. And so my surprising takeaway from the month was this, way to go, guys. There aren't millions out there, but there are many of you out there and you really are doing it. You really are. We really get to be part of a tribe. And when you show up, it really makes a difference. For me, a takeaway for this month is that I was genuinely humbled by the stories that people shared and by the role that we get to play in some people's lives. Like we we get to share that when people write in, but it's also really good to say that like, it's an honor to get to play a part of the story and to have watched this group of listeners and young men and older men and women join us in this pursuit of what does it look like when you chase after wholeheartedness, Jesus, initiation, chasing after the right things and watch that grow. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining and jumping in with us, first and foremost. 
it's an honor to get to hear some of your stories and to see windows into those worlds and watch the ways that Jesus moves and restores or invites us into sitting with pain or invites us into sunsets and walks in the Appalachian mountains with our son. Like, are you kidding? This is what we get to do? 